This is an Odyssey original. I restore these cars if they need restoration because I want them not... It's not a business thing. My God, that would be one of the worst business ventures, <laughs> trying to figure out what car is going to be worth. Yes, They're just cars that I wanted, you know? Hey, everybody. We are back with an edition of the Talking About Cars Rewind Podcast, where it's all about everybody has a car story. I'm Randy Crudoon. This is one of the most requested rewinds we have ever had. In fact, it was to a point where people were actually posting it on their own on YouTube, basically stealing our interview. So, hey, I can take a hint. I'm posting it for the first time in five years, not only here on the new odyssey.com podcast site, but also um, we are going to post it a little later on our Two Tired Guys Talking About Cars YouTube page. And it was a visit I had five years ago, 2016, with one of the members of the famous Carpenters. Of course, Richard Carpenter is quite the car guy. He collects classic wheels from the 50s, 60s, and 70s, houses them out in the Westlake Village area. And like he told me back then, To say he came from a Mopar family, well, that's a little bit of an understatement. I inherited the love for automobiles from my dad. And, of course, I happened to grow up at a great time in in history. You know, America was feeling her oats. Television was coming into being. The automobiles were something else. The auto companies, to, to set themselves apart, came up with all sorts of different designs and features. And back then, even people who didn't know much about cars could tell the difference between a Ford, a Chevy, and a Plymouth. And it was just the perfect time to be growing up if you were into automobiles. 50s into the 60s. Unfortunately, then we got into the 70s. Yeah. But now it's back. Take me back to when you were growing up back in Connecticut. What were the first cars you remember your folks had? Oh, uh, when I was born, they had, uh, they'd gotten it right before you, you weren't allowed uh, to, to buy new automobiles because of the war effort. So they had a 41 Dodge. And then they bought a used 40s after that, a used 47 Chrysler. After that, a used 51 Chrysler. After that, they used 56 Dodge. And then they used 60 Dodge. And then our first new car was the Plymouth Satellite, 1965. When you were made the trip, they decided you're going to come out to California. Do you remember what the car was? And do you have any good car stories from the trip? Well, the first time, Dad just wanted to, he really wanted to come out here. He didn't like the weather back there. And so we made the trip. Karen didn't enjoy traveling as much as I did. Auto trips and auto would have been a long one, you know. And so she stayed with some relatives in Baltimore. And then I was with the mom and dad, and we drove across the country. That was uh, June of 1960. Of course, I got to see Disneyland. They'd recently opened the Matterhorn. Uh, and that was in our 56 Dodge. With no air conditioning, of course. Really? So, you know, you'd go. What time of year was this? It was June. 
Oh, wow. But boy, when you hit the, you know, Arizona, it was hot as Hades. But, you know, he just put the windows down and suffered through it. Then when we made the actual trip to move, that was in 63 again, I want to say June, and that was in our 60 Dodge Polara. I can't think other than looking back, like when I saw the film Cars, the Pixar film, mm -hmm. of course they romanticized the whole thing, but that's the way you look back at it. Route 66 and all the different looking motels and coffee shops. We had the driving along, not everything was interstate, and a lot of it was not interstate. And you had the Burmache signs and the barns that were painted with the chew mail pouch tobacco and different all these different coffee shops and motor lodges. It, it, it was fun. Tell me you stayed in a wigwam in Arizona somewhere. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, I'd pestered them. I mean, because, <laughs> you know, you'd see these signs and X amount of miles or whatever, the new or the blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. But we went, they had a certain amount of time to get out here in 60, in 60, because he had to be back, dad, to, to go back to work. So we couldn't do it leisurely. So you went X amount of miles, the whole, you had the AAA make out a triptych for you. And then when it was time, the time of day to say, well, maybe we should rest, you, you picked out what was available, not whether it looked like a rocket ship or, or a wigwam or anything <laughs> Do you remember what your favorite uh, fast food place was back then? Uh, well, see, we'd never seen an A&W restaurant before. They didn't have those back east. You know, a lot of these places were were really just little, not even country stores, but they'd have the big chest with the the ice thrown in there with the Coca-Cola and Hires Root Beer or A&W, and it was freezing cold. It was just wonderful. What was your high school car, the first car you owned? It was a 57 Plymouth Savoy. I wanted a Belvedere big time. And uh, this was 62. And of course, back east, every one of them had rotted out. We found this one that wasn't, which was a Savoy and a four-door hardtop, not a two, but, you know, beggars can't be choosers. So that was my first. We left that back east when we, we sold it and moved. And, and then out here, I got a 56 Chevy Bel Air, two-door hardtop. White and gypsy, right? Yeah. I can't wow. remember the term for their white. It wasn't shoreline beige. It was white. So it was the red with white. Two-door, four-door? Two-door. Yeah. That was a car to have in California. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I found that. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was still really more of a Chrysler guy. Mm -hmm. Plymouth or DeSoto, but, and oh, that was the thing. When you're a car buff and you come from the East Coast and you've seen them all rot out, and then we come out here and hear all these used car lots with these Plymouth, oh, Chevys, Plymouths, DeSotos, Fords, that look like they just came off the showroom floor. No rust, you know. It, you know, it was kind of frustrating to somebody who didn't have the money to see all of these automobiles that you couldn't find back east. Mm -hmm. But uh, that's the way it worked out. 
You look back at all the cars you've had, and and you've gone through a few. I'm sure you have a lot here in the in the showroom here, which we'll talk about in a moment. But is there ever a car that got away that you wish you could have back? Oh yeah, there are a few. Uh, well, just the one I was telling you about the uh, the '64 Polara 500. I I just made a mistake and sold it and I wish I had it back but I'd have to give that some thought but you know we all have those stories yes, we do. <laughs> so I, do you remember why you got rid of the 64 Polar uh, I thought we were getting a little bit crowded out here and uh, that was pretty much it it was a wonderful car and uh, you know I, I lost big time on it not that I ever, you know, I restore these cars if they need restoration because I want them not, it's not a business thing. My God, that would be one of the worst business ventures, <laughs> trying to figure out what car is going to be worth. Yes, exactly. They're just cars that I wanted, you know. Uh, well, well that's, that's a good point, though. You were talking about why is it you have the cars here in the, store, in the um, showroom, you have let's just say roughly 25 to 35 cars, a lot of American makes, a lot of Chryslers, a lot of Mopars. What's your thought pattern as to why you chose one over another? Even if we hadn't been a, a, a Chrysler family, when the 50, especially the 57s came out, I mean, they're just, uh, they, they are certain models of them, absolutely beautiful. So, you know, I thought I'd been, if I'd been a Chevy person, I would have, just wanted one of the the Dodges or DeSotos or all because they're just beautiful cars, the, the coupes and convertibles. But there are other cars, the 55 Thunderbird that I, I just, the 57, six and seven Continental Mark II. Now back there, they only made a handful of those, you know, I think a little over 3,000. I never saw one back east, you know. The mecca for automobiles is Southern California. Of the cars in here, you had a 60 Polara, you had several other cars that were similar to what you have in here. I always say that as a car guy, you got to have like your first car. You got to have your high school car. Uh, is that some of the stories behind these? Well, the, the satellite would have been our Plymouth satellite because we bought that in February of 1965. Now, let's see. I was my first first year of college at the time. So my high school car, I said, was the uh, the Chevy, the 56 Chevy. Then I had to have, pester, pester, uh, I wanted a, a Corvair Monza Spider, which is a big mistake. <laughs> well, we were kids. You know, my parents were nice enough to secure a loan so that they could buy the thing on time for me. And by the time I'd purchased it, my parents purchased it, it had already blown out that, you know, the turbocharger didn't work on it. They're troublesome cars. So that got traded on the Plymouth, on the saddle. Shockingly, I don't see a Corvair in here. No, I, I didn't. No. Uh, but I, another point I, I, was, I was thinking of is that, again, growing up in America, especially, and being an auto buff, the 60s was a marvelous time. And you just think about what was available for 63. You know, you had the Stingray, first year of 63, the Avanti, the Riviera, 
you know, you had the Thunderbird Sports Roadster. You had any number of uh, the Grand Prix, the Pontiac Grand Prix. It's an absolutely gorgeous car. You have the Grand Prix. I have the Grand you Prix. You have the Thunderbird. I do. I have the Riviera. And have I have the Avanti and the Stingray. <laughs> <laughs> so, it just took a while to get them. But, you know, we were fortunate enough to be born with the talent that we were and, and uh, to end up with a number of hit records and a heck of a career. And this is my... You know, some people want to uh, gamble. Some people have yachts uh, who have the means. Some have, they, they play the ponies. You know, my thing is automobiles. Is there a car out there that you don't have yet that you really want? Oh, there are a number. You have your list? No, I should have brought a list. I was going to say, I joke sometimes when somebody asks me that, and I say, well, it's on this itty-bitty card, and it's like 20 cars. <laughs> How many cars are on your list? Oh, have to be 20. Yeah. Well, I would, if I gave it some thought, yeah. People see this collection, other car guys, we never see these cars. Like the 58 Dodge. It, it, it seems like a lot of collectors, are, like, here are the hundred cars that you're supposed to collect. And, uh, and that's what's there, which is fine and dandy. But there are certain cars, as I said, growing up, like that Regal answer, the 58 Dodge. I wanted one of those, the 58 Imperial. Not what most people would say that's what they want for their auto collection. So I have some cars that are really, really rare because they really were when they were new. Like I would like a pristine, honest 65 Carnet 500. Uh, Hard, you know, pillowless coupe, hard top. Not things that are actually worth a, a small fortune, but you're probably not going to find because most people, I'm sure there's one out there somewhere, but. Uh, I was looking at one of your album covers and I noticed a Ferrari. Yeah. And I got to ask because it looks awfully close. Yeah. It's, it's, it's off the album cover. Yeah, 365 GTB for now and then. I don't particularly like the cover because they shot it and the vent window cuts Karen's face in half I, I, because of the way they took it. I, I just think it's... And, you know, I look pissed off, which I was, because I thought they could have come up with a better idea for an album cover than us driving down the street. But the thing is, if you look at it and you think about it, we got any number of fan letters about the new album and the Pinto that we're driving at. <laughs> and think about it, you know. How many people have ever seen a Ferrari Daytona, and if they've seen it, would know what it is. And if you look at the cover, it kind of, the way it goes, curves down in the back and all. I know it shows a little wire wheel there, but, but you know, I, I can see where people would, because it was far more than one <laughs> about the Pinto. <laughs> yeah. I will never look at a Ferrari Daytona the same way again. And then there was, as time goes by, you guys were in a convertible. You remember That's what that was? Satellite. That's the Plymouth. Oh, yeah. So you actually had the Ferrari back then, obviously. And then, yeah. of course, you've had the Plymouth the whole time. And that, the other, uh, yeah, I had the Plymouth the whole time. So where did the idea came up to put those cars in the cover? 
heart. It was getting time for the new album to come out. I mean, we're world famous. We're going to sell millions and millions. That happened to turn out to be a huge album. And, right. and uh, the record label, just more worried about their, not the Carpenters and our image, you know. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, a new album? Oh, yeah. I guess you better take a picture of it. So they showed up and said, you know, why don't we just take it in front of your parents' house? I said, I don't want to do that. Nothing against my parents. I said, that's it? That's what you have in mind for an album that's going to go to number one and, and, and sell millions throughout the world? Is it like my parents would take a snapshot? Well, then, well, let's see. What about if you get in that car and drive it down the street? And that's how it, it, that's how it came to be. And that was in March. And in January, I had broken my wrist in a motorcycle accident. And the, the Daytona comes with manual steering. Steers like a truck. That one's been retrofitted with the power unit off the 365 GTC4. But at the time, I guess no one thought to do that, and, and it steered like a truck, so I couldn't drive it because my left. So it just sat. I just, if you look at me in that picture, you can tell that I'm ticked off, you know. So you were actually driving the Ferrari Down with a broken hand. <laughs> yeah, as long as we went in a straight line, you know. Because really, the, the cast was, and I had to wear that sucker or a class, not that one particular one, for five months. No wonder you look pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> I completely understand. That adds a whole new dimension to that album cover now. I've only been able to find two car songs in your entire repertoire. I'm sure I, I missed something, or maybe I didn't, but there was oh, Fun, 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 yeah. and then you did Dead Man's Curve, right. and, and was there anything else I missed? I don't think so. They weren't done because really they were car songs. I uh, I always got a kick out of some of the, the 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 more the tragic songs, if you will, like Leader of the Pack, you know, and, and uh, Dead Man's Curve, the kind of postmortem, and uh, there's a sound effect uh, of a car crashing. It's more than that, though, and it's a particular one. There was a hit in 1956 by Nervous Norvis called Transfusion. So when it came time to do the, the auto wreck uh, for Dead Man's Curve in our version of it, and I think they used it in the original, too, we went to the A&M Records Studios sound library and they had car screeching accident. And I said, that's not it. You talked about a lot about the cars that are here. In your regular garage, what do you drive normally? A Porsche Carrera S and a Porsche Cayman S. And then I just purchased a BMW i8, the new oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. hybrid. Not that I want it because it's a hybrid. I just like the way it looks and the way it drives. They describe they're not gullwing doors, they're either scissor or swan doors. And uh, you, you kind of, it's low and you, if you've had any experience with an E-type Jaguar, it's kind of like getting into that. You have to turn yourself sideways and drop your tuckus and swing your legs around. <laughs> But it's a lovely driving car. And then I have a, a 2005 Honda 
S2000. They're a gorgeous design and they are a riot to drive and probably the neatest gearbox that I can think of. So when the DMV bill comes around, how many cars do you have total? Any idea? No, to ask your question. I think there are around 37 collector cars. Well, and then, uh, you know, I have a few, and Mary had my wife has hers, and then the kids, and... and uh, your kids at all in any of the collector cars? Or? I say I got it from my dad, but it's obviously skipping at least one generation. What a legacy, you know, and they couldn't care less. You're either born with that, like anything else, or you're not. I heard someone say once, all men are into cars. Baloney! <laughs> no, they're not. You know, most people aren't. Other than it's something that's con conveyance. Get it, get them from here to there. Which actually, I wish I were like, you know, it saved me a lot of dough and headaches. And Richard Carpenter of The Carpenters. It's been a long time since we've done that interview, and, and you know something? We have to catch up with Richard again and get an update on what the collection looks like. So stay tuned for that. We'll have that coming up sometime soon. We're going to take a time out, and when I return, it's down to the Final Four in college basketball, but our friends at the Ford Motor Company has done something interesting. They've taken college-like brackets, and instead of putting teams against each other, they've put cars around the world that they have made put them up against one another cars from america against cars from australia cars from england against cars from other locations it's an interesting uh, way that they've done it and we'll see who has survived to the final four of the ford versus ford frenzy that's coming up on the talking about cars podcast on the new odyssey.com and, of course, the Two Tired Guys Talking About Cars YouTube channel, right after this. Back we are, Randy Crudoon, Talking About Cars, the podcast. And this has been really a fun thing sharing our rewind with you. But this isn't a rewind in a way. It is. The Ford Frenzy Ultimate Ford Bracket. The folks at Ford have put together cars that they have made, classics, current ones and they've kind of done a mashup and put them in a bracket situation that fans have voted on and let's go through this let's run through some of the ones that i've already done uh and and they we don't have any regions for it or anything like this but uh, again this is uh, you can find this at fordautoshows.com forward slash ford frenzy and you can vote uh, who you like they're down to the final four First off, the 1908 Model T versus the 1981 Ford Escort. Now, this is the Ford Escort, I believe, that they brought to America, although it is also a European vehicle. And the winner there, by popular vote, was the 1908 Model T. Makes sense. The number eight seated team, or car, the 2018 Ford Ranger Raptor. That's the new vehicle against the 1999 Falcon Ute that you could get in Australia, let's say. The Ranger Raptor actually won that one. The number five seed, the 2010 Ford F-150 SVT Raptor against the 1966 Ford Galaxy 500. That's a 12 versus 5, and the 12 seed, the 66 Galaxy, advanced. 
How about the 1940 Lincoln Continental and the 1985 Scorpio? A car that we've seen, it was kind of, I want to call it kind of a mid-sized car that was in Europe, if I'm not mistaken. The Lincoln Continental took precedence there. The 1966 Ford Bronco, the 6 seed against the 11 seed, the 1949 Ford Coupe. That's uh, very popular here. But the Bronco is the Bronco, and that's all, all about the Bronco. So the Bronco moves on. The number three seed, the 2021 Mustang Mach-E against the 1970 Ford Capri. Mach-E all the way on that one. That'll advance. The 1985 Escort Cosworth against the 1956 Ford Skyliner. Skyliner took that one as a 10 seed. The 1965 Mustang Shelby GT350, a 2 seed against the 15, the 1939 Lincoln K. It's majestic in the flowing lines, as you can imagine it, but the Mustang, not a big surprise there, won that region. Some of the other matchups, and, and frankly, I'll go through some of them, but you, you know, you get the idea, but then this is something you're going to really want to check out on your own. The 64 and a half Mustang against the 1995 Ford Mondeo. Certainly the Mustang won that. 1960 F100 pickup against the 91 Explorer. that It turned out the uh, Ford F100, this 1960, moved on in that one. And they continue to, let's see, any of the other ones of note, 1970 Boss Mustang against the 1984 RS200. A lot of off-road rally cars were made of that RS200. The 1965 GTO 40 MK1 against the 1932 Ford Deluxe. I mean, these are really fascinating, I think. The Australian 1960 XK Falcon, which is basically the Ford Falcon we had here in America, at least in 1960. They pretty much remain, they were very similar. And they go on and they continue with, let's say, the 1971 Pinto against the Ford Anglia from 1960. And I'll give you a hint, the Pinto 1. The Pinto one. Even talked about the XR Falcon GT out of Australia against the 1962 Country Squire Wagon, which tells me since the Country Squire Wagon won, we didn't have enough people vote on this from Australia. The 58 Edsel against the 2008 Ford Flex, the Edsel won. So I'm not going to go through all of them. This is something that you're really going to want to check out, though, because it, it really looks interesting. Again, it's FordAutoShows.com forward slash Ford Frenzy. And you can vote. If you're picking up on this and the NCAA tournament's still going on, you can vote until the NCAA tournament is over, I would imagine. So check it out. And even if you do this way afterwards and, it, and so much time has passed and the tournament was long ago, you're going to want to check it out. Go see how it all ended up. Because it's fascinating, and then you could start thinking, well, what if Chevy did this? What if Mopar did this? It's, it's certainly a lot of fun, and I think you will really have 
a good time of it. So thanks for joining us on this. And remember to listen, like, and share, and most important, subscribe to our audio podcast on usedtoberadio.com. Now it's Odyssey, A-U-D-A-C-Y.com. And the video podcast, of course, on our Two Tired Guys Productions YouTube page. When you subscribe, you get notified when a new show goes up, and it helps all of us. Follow us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Let us know people you would like to hear from. We may go approach them. If you think that they are worth being on the show, let us know who you'd like to hear from. That would be a lot of fun as well, and to give us that feedback. Until next time, I'm Randy. We talked to Richard Carpenter. How cool was that? And we're having fun talking about cars. I'll see you next time, everybody. Everybody.